Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to Hey Julie, a podcast about Big Brother Canada and Survivor. Danielle, good morning. Happy Saturday. Good morning. Happy Saturday to you. Uh, yeah, trying. I mean, we're both trying. We both, we're both a little sleepy. You have <laughs> a, a newborn sleepy. child, and I have no excuses. <laughs> well, whatever. It's anyone can have an excuse to be sleepy on a Saturday morning. I don't know. Here in Toronto, it's very gray and rainy. It's good bath weather, essentially. It's very cloudy here in Los Angeles this morning as well. I mean, exactly. it's, I'm sure it's a much nicer generally than Toronto. Yeah, oh, but. yes. <laughs> I'm sure it is, too. I mean, they had some part on Big Brother Canada where it was like, my toes are getting cold. It's like, yeah, because it's zero degrees outside and you're standing outside <laughs> in like flip flops. <laughs> Speaking of Toronto, this is a complete surprise. I, you don't know I'm about to say this to you. Uh, I watched Turning Red this weekend. Oh my gosh, I actually want to see it, and I never want to see animated movies. And it's it's one of the best Toronto movies. I gotta <laughs> hear your Toronto opinion. I know I need to see it just for that. Um, thank you for saying it's one of the best Toronto movies. Curious what you think the other best Toronto movies are. Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Mm, okay. Those are the only two Toronto movies I know. <laughs> yeah, David Cronenberg has like. Some good Toronto oh. set films. Did you ever see? And this isn't David. This is Adam Agoyan. But did you did you ever see Chloe starring no. Amanda Seyfried and Liam Neeson? No. Oh, okay. No. And Julianne Moore. Okay, fine. No. Oh. Well, well that's a Toronto set. It's a. We were talking before we started recording. We were talking about like sexy thrillers because oh, we're yeah. both. I hope everyone gets ready. Here's a little spoiler alert. Next week we will be discussing the Ben Affleck Anna de Armas film. I don't know. Movie deep seems, water. Yeah, deep water. I don't even want to use the word movie. I want to say film, art, deep water. Yeah. It's available uh, on we, Hulu. We, we, we fucked up by not watching it. But you know what? We're giving our audience. It came out yesterday yeah. as we were recording this on Saturday. It's giving our audience time to watch this together. So if we watched it, like not everyone's going to watch it weekend one. I know every. No. I know this is going to be. Best picture. They're going to rewrite the rules of the Oscars. <laughs> They're going to get deep water in there we're giving, this week, next weekend. Yeah, we're giving you, the listener, the chance to join the Hey Julie Movie Club so we can all watch it this week so that next week when we discuss it, everyone will know what the hell we're talking about. Okay. It's deep water. It's on Hulu. I think in Canada it might be on Prime. <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh, yeah. It's, but, it's Prime uh, International. I'm on the wiki for it. There you go. So everyone across the countries who listen to us have no excuse. You have an international, you have a, a giant conglomerate you can pay $10 a month to to watch this movie. Right, exactly. Finally, Amazon in Canada has offered me something I want. <laughs> um, so just that's just a heads up to be prepared for next week. Um, you saw Turning Red and you loved it. Yeah, I loved it. I well, loved it. This movie was so amazing. And there's a bit, there's a, just a, a little tiny bit, just a little red panda's hair of like an internet backlash about this movie. Huh. And any single person who's doing it is like instantly self-owning themselves because. <laughs> is it because teenage? All, it's like saying teenage girls are too horny or something? It, they're like, they're not even that horny in it. They just like, they like a boy band. Right. It's just like, it's just because the, one of the metaphors of the movie is like quiet, 
openly like getting your period and turning into a woman. (laughs) So many men and like more conservative people are like, well, of course, children can't watch this completely natural thing that happens to every every (laughs) young woman. Don't let them know. Yeah, and like, so there's there's the whole like woman thing going on of like, we can't watch women doing this. Oh my God. (laughs) What are we going to see a movie about men masturbating? Honey, every movie until 1996 was about men masturbating. Yeah. And still many are. And Whether then there's it's like literal a literal or metaphorical. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> deep water. I, I bet you. I bet you deep water is about that. Um, and then there's like a subtle racist thing too of like, because it's about Double Asian whammy. people, you know, it's just like, oh, it's like they're pagan rituals. Like they're just non Christian rituals. You know, they're from a, uh, they do these like rituals or whatever that are related yeah. to the fucking fact that she turns into a panda. Like, <laughs> It's not even like it's not even connected to any sort of real like Asian religion. It's just like, oh, they do these like rituals in the movie. It's like because God forbid the Christian children see like people chanting in a different language. I don't know. I yeah, it's 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 gross. This movie is what I'm trying to say is if you don't like this movie, you're bad and dumb. (laughs) This movie is so wonderful and funny. And I, I I I can't speak more highly about it like i'm in love with all the characters in it like it's the main girl but she has her three closest girlfriends and each one of them has like a very distinct personality and animation style it's just it's teen just girl so squad funny. basically yeah 100 <laughs> percent. it's great um well that's funny because what you say about turning red is how i might feel about a certain film i watched last night called west side story Directed by Steven Spielberg. Stevie Spiels. Parentheses. <laughs> we will be talking about Big Brother a yes. little bit and Survivor later in the show. But I guess we're doing movies first today. Well, I guess it was top of mind just because that, well, for me, it's the reason I'm tired. I don't stay up late. I go to bed these days at 830 because that's when the oh. baby goes to bed. <laughs> so, Girl. <laughs> I'm just like, I got to get these these in while I can. And last night I made an exception for a eight hour long film called West Side Story. I swear, I st- we started this movie at 5 p.m. and didn't finish it till 10.30. Like how long was this movie? I had to stop it many times, there of course. There were some pauses. Yeah, I had to pause. You know, we had to eat some pizza, drink a margarita. Margar- I call it a margarotney after my dad, <laughs> <laughs> a margarita. But, um, you know, we had some pauses, but still, it took a long time. This is a long film. But you know what? Every moment was beautiful. It's a great film. Why? Why? The music, the dancing. Yeah. The, the, the music and dancing was in another movie called West Side Story. Okay, but here's my thing. And it, listen, I'm just saying, I'm going to be completely real with you. I might make a TikTok about this too. But oh. the reason <laughs> that, that your TikToks are blowing up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, the reason everyone's like, why do they have to remake this? This movie already exists. Everyone, me. That's what I, that's what yeah, I, I say. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm literally talking about you. Good. When you say that, guess what? Cameras have evolved. Filming techniques have evolved. Now we can zoom in closer and we can go wider. For that reason alone, they should have remade the movie. We got lenses now, (laughs) folks. For that reason alone, now we can see the dancing way better. And for that reason alone, yeah, I think they should have remade it. I'm fine with it. So don't bring me that shit. What did you think of uh, Ansel? 
Okay, so that's everyone hates Ansel. And I think Ansel's probably a bad person. I don't know all the details about his real life drama. I thought he was really good in the movie. Wow. Wow. I think you he, and I like I know. You are you I are he was good. Kevin O'Leary and I am Mark Cuban <laughs> and I'm like so fucking out on this. And you're like, I will to... give you a million dollars for one percent. Yeah. I thought he was just kind of a nice, he seemed like a nice Tony. I, like, I was like, who else could have played this part? I don't know, actually. I came into the movie medium to pro Elgort. Mm-hmm. Because I was team baby driver. Sure. Remember the great baby driver controversy of 2017? Well, you know who's cast didn't age well other than Lily James? Baby driver. Freaking Kevin Spacey and Ansel Elgort. John Hamm's probably done something, too. Yeah, we just don't hear about him, except when he pops up being like, I'm a comedic actor now. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, has anyone seen me in my bikini in Malibu? <laughs> um, I was pro Ansel. And then like halfway through the movie, I was like, this guy actually sucks. And then there's the off, off the field stuff dancer? with El Gord as well. Yeah, the off the field stuff. Yuck. But I thought in the film, I thought he was a good dancer and he had a beautiful voice. Oh, you didn't think his voice was know. good? No, I was just I was like, I, I started out like, OK, I get it a little bit with him. And then by the end, I was like, this guy is so wooden and like he just can't really even hold a candle to the young woman who's playing Maria. I don't she know. was good. It, she was really good. But you know who was really the star? And I, she's been rewarded for it. She's got an Oscar nom. She's hosting SNL. The Anita. I mean, America was a show stopping number. That, oh, yeah. That was the part where I was like, fuck everyone. This movie's great. Yes, this should have been remade. This was so good. I don't know. I I, I think West Side Story is an interesting piece of theater in that so much of it is conveyed through the dancing. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. And that really works on stage in a live setting where it's like, there's these greasers and then there's <laughs> these people from the Puerto Rican gang and they're like, I'm going to get you, motherfucker. <laughs> I'm going to fucking stab you to fucking death. Yeah. And then they do ballet. Yes. And that works on the stage. And one of the issues with all movie musicals is stuff that works on the stage because you can, you can have a bit of mental separation. There can be, um, you know, uh, you can imagine things. You can leave things up to the imagination. Once you put things on film and they're actually on a dock, on a pier, on the west side of New York, overlooking the Hudson, or they're actually in a warehouse, or they're actually at the school gym or whatever. Once you put something in a real setting and they're like, I'm going to stab you, motherfucker. (laughs) And then they dance. You're like, what? No, and that's it how worked. it was to me. And I love musicals. Yeah, I was no. listening to Little Shop of Horrors before we turned <laughs> on to like, I love musicals a lot. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just something about West Side Story. Like you can't. I, I don't know. It just it seems it so goofy to me once it's on film. No, I, I think with a master like Steven Spielberg behind the camera, he knew what to do, which is just like distract 
distract from the goofiness with making it amazing. Like, wow. yeah, wow. It, it is goofy to some, to be fighting and then suddenly do like a perfect pirouette. But if you distract with how amazing that pirouette is and suddenly there's 20 people doing pirouettes and there's also like a, a fantastic shot from above and then the side and then panning all around and then there's fruit sellers and dresses and like just all this stuff going on. That's the key. That's the key to making a gorgeous movie musical in my opinion. It's like Moulin Rouge also did this really well. We love Moulin Rouge. And, we do. I got tickets. I got the, tickets <laughs> this summer. And the movie version of Chicago did it really well too, where it's just like cutting, just have a ton of shit going on, a lot to look at. And then, then it works. To the thing with those movies is they put the singing and dancing into the context of a place where there would be singing and dancing. Moulin Rouge takes place at a nightclub while they're putting on a performance of a different musical. Mm-hmm. Perhaps the first musical ever made. I don't know. <laughs> Something that's kind of the plot of that movie. Yeah. It's like they accidentally, invent, they accidentally invent modern theater. Yeah. Um, and then in Chicago, the direction of the movie is that all of the song numbers take place in sort of a magical realism nightclub. Roxy's right? mind-ish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not just Roxy's mind. All the, all the scenes. It's not John C. Riley singing Mr. Cellophane in a in a dumpy little Chicago apartment. <laughs> when he sings it, all of a sudden he's on a stage. And the stage is, is bare and empty to represent his sadness, right? And when uh-huh. Richard Gere is singing, you know, like any of his tricky circus songs or whatever he's in the circus and stuff and all of a sudden there's there's a a flight of fancy there's imagination it takes the songs out of the context of they're in a courtroom right now or they're in an apartment right now and then all of a sudden they're in a stage they're in a performance venue so it seems that was the brilliance of this adaptation of chicago boy well boy our listeners got what they paid for today (laughs) okay but last counterpoint another great movie musical that does not do that hairspray Oh, I I never saw Hairspray. Okay, well, both versions are very good. Um, And it doesn't have to do that at all. Like, it does have a TV show aspect that's musical aspect. But no, it's just people breaking out into song and dance because they have to. Because their emotions are so big that the only thing that can express them is singing and dancing. Anyway, I loved it. I loved it. Team West Side Story. Team America. (laughs) But let's switch gears and talk about Canada. Big Brother Canada, specifically. I want to be a Canadian. Um, (laughs) Brett did not watch any of the episodes this week. (laughs) This is true. Not for lack of trying, however... I have been trying desperately to watch it because I've been following everything that's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, this week, the episode's going to be lit. My own worst enemy. Lit. Yeah. Great song. I don't know what's going on. I've tried on multiple computers. I've used all sorts of different VPNs. I cannot fuck different browsers. My iPad, my computer, this, that. I cannot get these fucking episodes to load anywhere. I don't know how to watch these episodes. They're really it's not for lack of trying, folks. I'm a I'm a I'm a technical I'm a tech savvy I'm a tech savvy dude. You're a tech whiz, I would say. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know how other people are doing. I cannot get these BB Canada episodes to load on the website. They were working the same exact way last week. 
They are. Trust me, I wanted to see what was going on this week <laughs> desperately. They are treating Big Brother Canada as their crown jewel, and you are just a filthy cat burglar. China yeah. from the states trying to get your yeah just another american trying to colonize what is in his yeah exactly well so it basically the weight falls on me this week to explain what Amazing. happened <laughs> flashbacks I mean, to the movie where she had a where she had a tumor that did karate wait what was the movie from tumor last did karate she had like a her her like dead brother was in her skull <gasps> Malignant. Malignant. <laughs> Don't even. Oh my God. Malignant is the best film. It's available on Crave for free in Canada. FYI. Um, so, I mean, here's the thing. What this week can be boiled down to, Kyle is bad at Big Brother. <laughs> like, that's pretty much the theme of the week. So, I didn't understand. I watched the episodes and I did not understand his reasoning or motivations for doing anything that he did. The only thing explain that can explain it, it is HOH-itis, right? Like, That's what it seemed like, yeah. It's a mixture of like too much power and too much paranoia that has that seeped into his little lizard brain. But so he first nominates Steph and, Mo and Moose for... Those are his initial nominees, okay? And he does it after he basically tells Steph that he's going to put her up because... And his reasoning is that Moose said that she's been saying that she's going to come after him. She fights this tooth and nail. And this clip has been like going around online too, where she like brings Moose into the HOH room to be like, how dare you? I was not saying this, like confronting him over I actually it. watched a bit of this on the live feeds. Yeah. Interestingly enough, the live feeds do work for me. <laughs> That's so weird. So as long as I'm watching the live feeds yeah. and then hacking into the, the studio to watch, I, I, like to watch the main episodes. I don't see anything that's in the main episodes. I can watch the live feeds all I want to. I guess. Right, that's so weird. Um, right. And it's not usually the opposite for. Yeah, so it's like my obviously my VPN works because it's like I, it believes I'm in Canada enough to load the live feeds, but not in Canada enough to load the episodes. Well, that's right. how it is when I. <laughs> Everyone loves this. And that's how it is when I try to watch on Paramount Plus live Survivor or live BB. I can't watch it live, but I can watch all of the episodes and all of the live feeds. I just can't watch like as the episodes air. This anyway. has been Tech Talk. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so as Steph is confronting Moose in front of Kyle in the HOH room, we get Kyle's like inner inner thoughts via diary room where he's like, I thought Moose was on my side and in my alliance, but seeing how good of a liar he is and how well he plays off Seth being mad at him, suddenly I don't like him anymore and I'm suspicious of him. So you know what? I've nominated Seth. I'm going to nominate Seth who's in my alliance. I'm going to nominate Moose too because with that performance, he's proven to me that he can't be trusted. So he nominates Steph and Moose, and then Moose wins POV. This is the third week in a row where one of the noms wins POV. I which saw is that. Great. Yeah, that I saw someone said that like basically nine different people have been nominated in the first three weeks, and there haven't been any repeat nominees. It's so good. I love it. Um, we love the veto. Yeah, we do. We is love it? the Canadian version of the veto. Um, but so he has to nominate someone else. Then there's like the Canada's vote aspect where Canada gets to vote to save or give someone safety, right? Oh, yeah. Who won that? Marty. <laughs> Which Marty I... actually didn't have like a... <laughs> Marty did not come out on skin. I voted for Kevin. 
Oh, yeah. I would. To- I mean, Kevin had some great. Kevin is a star. We'll get into Kevin. We, know. we need to talk about Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I was baffled by this. And this is where I sit. Like, I turned to my husband and I was like, I just am so disconnected from this series because we talked about this last week about how like we're both taking casual to we're really taking it to new extremes now but like I just don't understand how why did anyone I don't get the reasoning why did we all vote for Marty I like Marty I have nothing against him but is to me is he a fan favorite no that would be a summer to me that would be a Kevin even honestly a Betty because Betty is hilarious he he kind of orchestrated and almost quite cold-heartedly orchestrated getting Jay out, who I would imagine by the end of the week, Jay was kind of a bit of like a fan fave in that Jay was, you know, just an underdog. You know, Jay was a person who comes from a very different background, just very, you know, everything that exemplifies an underdog looks different, acts different, is different than most other people. And then is put in a position where an older white guy is like, no, <laughs> get the hell out of here. Yeah, exactly. you know? So you think DeMarty would be the villain in that situation from a public perspective. But I, I guess not. I don't. I just don't get we the temperature. The French, you know what? Maybe that's that French Canadian. Like all, every oh, French yes, Canadian perhaps. votes for Marty. They're hardcore. And then yeah. the other, the rest of Canada splits their vote amongst the other 12. I think that's a very good theory. I was baffled. Also, he wasn't in, it's not, usually there's like some little bit of, no, actually, I'm not even going to say that. I was going to say, usually there's some strategy to people voting. No, people just over their favorites. But so Kyle was like, well, that's great. I was never going to nominate Marty. So no problem to, no beef to me. No skin off my back. So then there's the nomination of Josh. And first of all, I, I'm not entirely sure how this came about, but I will say Kevin, our fave, now let's get into him, is playing absolutely gorgeously, except for with Betty. But it doesn't really matter because Betty has no pull in this house. But so jo- um, Kyle gets like his HOH Wendy's date and he brings Kevin to be his buddy. My man getting the French fries. Yeah, exactly. He's a bacon eater. <laughs> getting a frosty. He literally has a line where he is like, well, so Kyle, this is the HOHitis. Kyle brings Kevin in and is like, basically like, Kevin's just a loser. He has nothing in this house. He doesn't know what he's doing. I'm the big man in this house. So I'm going to take oh, him yeah. in under my wing. And I'm just going to like tell him all my secrets to make him feel, you know, like... He's just, it's such an obvious, and Kevin is like wide-eyed, like just playing it up, being like, really? Wow. Just like such an obviously stupid thing to do. And yeah. and Kevin gives a DR where he's like, I can't believe that he's telling me all this. I'm just enjoying my Frosty, getting all of his information and giving nothing back. Like he, Kyle sees Kevin as so low status compared to him that it's just like not even a second thought to be like, yeah, so we had this alliance and here's who's in it. And I don't think I'm going to trust that alliance anymore. And here's what I'm going to do. And here's my plan. He's just like barfing it all out. I just And by the way, another weird thing about Kyle from Wendy's, he got a salad. That is disgusting. That's <laughs> really weird. It's really that weird. That is the most problematic thing about him, other than hosting a podcast. Like, why 
would you even attempt to be healthy ordering a salad from Wendy's? That's very suspect. Yeah, I mean, I just, why would you ever order a salad from, uh, I don't understand why anyone would order a salad from any fast food restaurant. Me neither, but that's what happened. So so there's that moment with Kevin. Then, <laughs> then, and I'm jumping all around. Sorry, the chronological order of all these episodes is very mixed up in, in my, my brain, mind. It's coming up perfectly. Okay, great. But so then we have like a great moment. <laughs> we have another Betty and Kevin <laughs> situation where Betty comes in, I think it's it's after Josh is nominated, I'm pretty sure, where Betty goes into Kevin's room and is like, listen, you need to tell me right now, like, whose side are you on? What side are you playing? Because you're just playing the middle. It's disgusting. And Kevin's like, <laughs> Kevin, Kevin's like, listen, I didn't know what side I was on, but now I think I'm going to choose this side. And like, you know, it's good that you're acting like you hate me. And Betty's like, I'm not acting like I hate you. I do hate you. <laughs> like, she just hates him so much. It's, it's such an amusing... I almost wish these two would be our final two because it's just such an amusing relationship. And so he's like... Kevin's like, you know what? I finally had enough. Yeah, here's my here's my game plan. He doesn't tell her that much, but he's like, here's the side I'm leaning towards. And also, if I win, I'm, ga- I'm going to come after you. And she's like, how could you? How? She's so mad that he would say that. He's like, you're telling me you hate me. <laughs> and then like... You always come attack me. Yeah, I'm going to come after you. And she's like, oh, you're disgusting. Like, they just have this, like, very... I honestly... I actually think they maybe should get married. (laughs) It's just, like, this very old time... It's, like, from a sitcom where they, like don't like each other yet there's this invisible pull that they have towards each other yeah yeah exactly so there's a great one of those great scene of that then we have uh, there is let me look at my notes so there was just another kyle mess up um Kevin, so Kevin's in Kyle's ear. Oh, and Kevin was also in Marty's ear. So that's the thing. Marty was sort of like the key to getting Josh put up. And he would have been the key to getting Josh voted out. So it ends up being Seth gets voted out in a blind side. Yes. So from my kind of Twitter, Reddit perception of things... Everyone sensed that Kyle wanted Stephanie out and – okay, maybe I'm getting this wrong. It was a blind side to Stephanie because Stephanie thought that everyone hated Kyle by this point, so they would be voting out Josh. But instead they voted out him because they do hate Kyle. Everyone hates Kyle like, for sure. Yeah, no, everyone, everyone hates, hates Kyle. Kyle. But um, Gino – Steph and JC JC are in it's kind of like the opposite gender version of the tri- love triangle we had last season where they're like they all kind of like each other and um we're working together. So they were going to say and they did vote to save Steph. They were yeah. not in on the plan. Whereas everyone else and I think I I correct me if I'm wrong, everyone at hey Julie BB on Twitter, but it seemed to me like Kevin got into Marty's ear as well to be like, why should we do what Kyle wants? Here's Kyle's plan. Um, Josh should stay. Like, why would we do Kyle's work for him? Did Kyle want... My question is, did Kyle want Josh out or did he want Stephanie out? He wanted uh, 
Josh out. Oh, okay. So yes. it was okay. So it was a blind side to Kyle. Sorry. Yes, okay. it was. I got that. Yeah. Um, and so, so Kevin really it, this at least the episodes made it seem like he was sort of in everyone's getting everyone's giving him this information. He's doing a good job hiding who he really is, which is an evil villain, and acting just like just big, wide-eyed, dumb old Kevin, who everyone can tell their thoughts and hopes and dreams to. So he's not paying attention. No, he's just so enjoying his one frosty. Ear out the other with that yeah. dummy. Yeah, and what's he going to do about it? He doesn't have anyone in the house. He's just a poor little pathetic loner. So, um, also, that's pretty much all I have. The only other thing I wanted to note was that, like, Summer, when Josh gets nominated, Summer is so pissed. Summer just has, like, an incredible... She's, like, obviously very different from Marianne on Survivor, but she has the same sort of, like, undeniable charisma. Um and I just really love Summer. She gets we gotta really talk about Marianne mad. eventually. Oh, we will. We're that's next. But um, she just gets really mad that Josh gets nominated, and she just immediately is telling him like, "I'm gonna a thousand percent. I'm gonna whip the votes. There's no way your ass is going home. Like, I'm gonna take care of this." I just thought to myself, same as I thought last week when she was having a nice little chat with Kevin after he had his fight with Betty. I was like, I wish Summer was my friend. She makes these people feel so good. She has such good social game. Um. Like, even when you're in your lowest moments, if Summer's there telling you, like, don't worry, I'm going to make this right. I'm going to take care of you. It really feels very genuine and good. So just another note there. Oh, and then we have HOH, just to tie this all up. So we have this amazing blind side where Kyle, Gino, Jason, and Steph are completely out of the loop, didn't realize, you know, dumbfounded. Then we have HOH and Gina wins. So it's exactly what you want to happen, which is the smaller, not in on it side of the house suddenly has power. So, yeah, I see that here. Um, you know, the nominations have occurred. Not Spoilers, should we say audience, what happened? Can we say But I'm happened? not the television audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess... Yeah, let's let's have a spoiler discussion. Who cares? Uh, spoilers do. for nominations. So he Gino nominates Marty and Jess, which I love. Yeah, which is oh yeah, which is great. I we got to see Jess back back against the wall. Got to see exactly Jess doing her thing. Um, my question is, so there's. Wasn't there like a three-person deal between Gino, Marty, and Kyle? Like, weren't Gino and Marty like super tight? French, French it's connection. Over. <laughs> it's over. I mean, if there was, it's definitely dead in the water now. Um, I think Jess because is Marty a pretty orchestrated safe... getting at Stephanie. Well, Marty knew he was the swing vote for whoever was going to go home, and he decided to go with the house and. And why, side. and why is Gino not targeting Kyle or is Gino re- because realizing Gino that and Kyle, Kyle, they're cool. They're cool because they both wanted Stephanie to stay. Yes. Interesting. Oh, so Kyle's not going anywhere this week. No, Kyle's not in danger this week. Unless if he somehow, I mean, if his true chaos comes out again and for whatever reason he pisses off Gino, but I don't know why. I don't know how that that'd be truly insane. Wow. Wow. No, it's right now, from what I can tell, it's Kyle, JC, and um, Gino against the world. Interesting. 
And I don't even think, I don't think it's like Kyle, JC and Gino are in like a tight alliance. I think it's just that like, they were the ones who didn't know what was going on. So who else do they have? Yeah. Gotcha. Well, it would have been nice to watch all of these things. Yeah, it's nice, but it's also, even as, listen, even as someone who watched it, I found it very confusing. <laughs> you, know, you and I are old. We, we need. I need, I need a graph showing me. You need to explain. I mean. Yeah. Who's talking to who and who did what and why. You need the American style reality TV where they show every time they go to commercial, they like later in this episode, here's something that happened (laughs) coming out of commercial. Here's what just happened. No, seriously. I was for Big Brother Canada. I actually watched the last time on Big Brother because I'm like, wait, I I do need a reminder. What happened? Please tell me. (laughs) Like those two minute recaps at the beginning. I'm like, no, I can't fast forward this. I need to know. But so it was a very explosive week and we'll, and I love that the power went the opposite way. That's really fun. It also came down to um, Betty, Gino, and I forget who else to win uh, big uh, win yeah. HOH. And I was just dying hoping Betty would win. It, oh would my be, gosh. it would be so amazing. <laughs> I just want to live. Betty rules. Betty is like so bad, but she's so amusing. She's always picking fights. <laughs> I love it. She takes everything quite personally. She does, but what's so fun? I just love. Some, I love someone who goes up to their enemy and is like, "You suck! I hate you! You need to tell me everything." And then they're like, "All right, fine." And here's the story. And then she's like, "How dare you?" <laughs> <laughs> um. So that's it. That's the story on Big Brother Canada. Let's talk Survivor. Wow, what a week! A big week on Survivor. Yeah. Um, I was surprised at how much I didn't miss Jackson, even though I thought like, oh, there's going to be a big hole here, but like, there's enough. It's still so early in the season that there's still a lot of characters and people to get into, even though the show makes no bones. Like there's no denying it. The show loves Marianne. I was the, the show loves Marianne so much that they're like, oh, we cast someone else with the same first letters of the name. We got to get rid of her so that there's no confusion. <laughs> I was I was like on the edge of my seat because I was like, man, I wasn't got to vote out Marianne. I was on the she's edge of my seat. CBS ads. <laughs> she's acting like she's on cocaine. She, this girl. And it's like. You and I spent a half hour last week being like, I literally don't know how anyone could even think about evicting or voting at this person. And by the end of the episode, I was like, this sucks because she's amazing. They got to vote her out. No, I this is the only tribal council where I've ever not been on the edge of my seat because I knew there was no way producers are going to let Marianne go this early. No way. They are rigging it for her. And I'm okay with it. I fell for it, hook, line, and sinker. I was like, she's going home. She's going, and that's what they were building to. They were building to she's going home. And I and I completely forgot what show I was watching. Where no, Survivor yeah. always edits the episodes to make you think someone who's not going home is going home. Yeah, you forgot that this is actually a good show where they're like, oh, yeah. people like this contestant? We're going to make sure she sticks around a couple more weeks. Yeah, and yeah. Whereas like Mariah, it's like, you know, n- nothing against her, but kind of a wet blanket. Snooze. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing against her. But it's hard to compare when you're up against Marianne. Come on. 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it's also the sort of thing where it's like early in the game, you might you might deal with a more annoying, um, uh, less trustworthy person who is actually like interested in like helping out around the camp and actually interested in doing the competitions and and stuff. And it just seemed like Mar- Mariah was like not was just kind of sit around and be like, I'm a mother, right. Yeah. (laughs) As a fellow mother, we got to have more going on for us than that. (laughs) Especially to compete with a young, hot Marianne, who's like, Marianne, here's the thing. This was like a conversation on journalist Twitter last week. And if you didn't see this, you live in a better life than I am. But it was this whole thing of like personal brands and how should journalists have personal brands or not, right? They do. They do. There's no denying that they do. Ever since Barbara Walters showed up with a microphone to New York City, every journalist has had a personal brand. Which, by the way, did I ever tell you I read her autobiography, Barbara Walters? No. Uh, Theme of this episode, horny. Whoa! (laughs) Barbara Walters. She is... She... She has like entire chapters where she was like, here's how many guys I got with and here's how it was. (laughs) She's just like she leans into her hoe phase in the autobiography. And it's very fun. I I salute never left. Yeah, exactly. Um, Barbara's still kicking, right? She's still alive. I think so. I think so. She's just retired and hanging out, living life, watching The View, not appearing on it. Yeah, she's 92 years old. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so I think that go, that's applying to the Survivor cast this season as well, where it's the Marianne show. Marianne knows her personal brand, or maybe she doesn't know, but she is just so completely about it. You know, she's talking to us about her lack of a love life. She's talking to us about her crush on Zach, who... I honestly was like, who the hell is she talking about? <laughs> and then I was like, oh, the guy who got voted off last week. I was like, who is she talking about? And it's just so endearing. Like Jeff's face when he talks to Marianne lights up. He's so happy to be talking to her. And then when he asks anyone else a question, he's like, ugh, uh, you know, yeah. move it along. Like, just shut up. <laughs> Bring me back to Marianne. And it's just that thing of like, it's... It's Marianne's world. We're all just living in it, baby. Jeff loves love. He does love love. Except for um, the season I watched. (laughs) This is so stupid. I watched an old season, the first one that um, Parv was on. Yeah. And a contestant talks about how in love he is with the blonde contestant. And Jeff mocks him to his face <laughs> because the blonde contestant was not in love with him. I know that this is like no one understands what That's I'm talking Jeff about. That's Jeff standing but... up for a woman put in a hard situation. That's Jeff being the bartender and like yeah. slipping the note and being like, ask for a right. seven up if you if you need <laughs> me to call the police. Exactly. Exactly. But it's just um, very amusing. There were other people in this episode. I have a couple notes about other people. Oh, Absolutely. Um, one thing I think we need to call out is that Jenny and Chantel are afraid of crabs and so am I. I did not like the oh, way. Oh, no. I, I did not like that. Hermit crabs are <laughs> horrid. I couldn't believe Gross. they were picking it up. It was disgusting. I mean, I'm proud of them. They provided for the, for the family. They went out I and they hunted that. and they gathered. 
I love Queen Jenny. Um, <laughs> Me too. Mike was all about it. Uh, yeah. Hi, was is vegan? Right, Not vegan this, anymore. This, yeah, exactly. What are you doing? What are you doing <laughs> going on the show, buddy? That's the thing. It's like I couldn't believe what I was hearing because at first I thought maybe he was just vegetarian, <laughs> which already is tough on this show. And then I was like, oh, I guess these must have been the first seasons where they don't give them any rice, right? Like this is yeah. before yeah. they would always give them rice. Yeah, I guess they would get like some sort of ration of it. But now it's just like, you can starve, bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> okay. So I can sort of see, since he didn't realize that, I guess he was like, I was just going to live off of the rice. But yeah, this is a tough, tough show to be on as a vegan or vegetarian. Like, I read a little bit of Eating Animals by Jonathan, what's his name? Saffron Four? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And it's beautiful, and it made me immediately want to stop eating animals. That's why I had to stop reading it. But I just don't know how you can be on Survivor and do that. It's just your body's going to shut down. As someone who eats all creatures, all of God's creatures I eat, I still struggle with it. Like, because I watch, because I I love watching videos of all animals. I know, I love animals. All animals. animals. All animals. I saw a video of someone cooking they didn't even kill the crocodile like they were just someone eating crocodile or alligator meat or whatever it had all been like cut and like they didn't go out and kill it it already been cut and stuff and this person was just preparing it it was on tiktok and i'm like leave the alligator alone it is a fucking alligator i know it's a fucking dinosaur that would snap your spine snap your skull like a grape totally no question about it and I'm yeah. like, leave the alligator alone. But like, <laughs> but I still am gonna go out and have a hamburger or whatever. Like, I still, oh, yeah. I still struggle with it because leave animals alone. I don't like people riding horses. Leave horses alone. They don't want oh, you. I'm on your so back. anti. I'm anti riding horses because the couple of times I've done it, the horses went nuts, and I was like, oh, they don't like it. <laughs> they, they don't, don't like me. You. Yeah, they definitely don't like me. So I was like, fine, I don't need to do this. At My life is complete time, without riding a horse. At the same time, this show proves that humans are omnivores. It's proof positive, baby. The proof is in the pudding. We we didn't just invent this shit in like 1500. All of a sudden we're going to kill every pig. And cow we see because we're mean. Right. Humans do this. Humans eat meat and they eat plants. Yeah. And uh, hi. 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 Had to do it. Yeah. Like, trust me, I, I, I don't know if I could hold that. That hermit crab. Oh, my God. Hermit crabs are disgusting little creatures. It just. It, I would eat it, it though if I hadn't eaten in three days. Oh, my God. I'm more just scared. Like, I couldn't believe how they got managed to pick it up. It was horrifying because they're very dexterous. They can get you. They can really hurt you. Yeah. And they can, like, let go of their their shell. They change. They move into different shells every once in a while. Like, they were grabbing it by the shell. And it's like, fuck you. I'm not even in that shell anymore. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You can just. And they're fast. They're so fast. Like, they can get away from you. They're crawling all all along. Ugh. It's just very three scary. days without food, Danielle. I think that's oh no, it's like three days without water, three weeks without food, <laughs> three minutes without air. I, 
No, I mean, imagine just not eating food the rest of the day. No, and how no, you would no, feel no. tomorrow. Yeah, no, no, no exactly. No. And these people are doing, and they have to like lift a giant box and do a puzzle. Like, I, I don't know how yeah. people do this show. I don't either. And it was hard enough when they did give them rice because it's like, yeah. ugh, it's just rice. <laughs> <laughs> it's not no seasoning, just rice. Well, you could get salt. You can just boil the salt. In yeah, the you ocean. could sprinkle some sand on the rice. No, no, you get some <laughs> seawater and you just boil it. Well, see, even that, you're craftier than I am. I wouldn't think to do that. You boil you the, got wa- all the salt. Seawater? You got all the salt you need. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't know about that. Um, but so, so we learn that that's a little bit we learn about high. And then um, we also learn about a budding. Well, not even budding, perhaps a full-blown bromance a brewing between Omar and Jonathan. Omar loves bringing up that he's a 30-year-old version. <laughs> uh, Aaron asks, BB fan 022, what do you think about Omar and Jer- Jer- uh, Jonathan's relationship? This one was weird. This one was weird. <laughs> I was a bit... I didn't know what to think about Omar coming in. I thought his uh, I thought his bio was, like, strange. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on his bio because he's the bird doctor. <laughs> He's a doctor. His pet peeve is people complaining about racism. having to pay $1,400, $5,000 for like their vet bills. I thought Sorry, his- you deserve money. These things cost money, but also it's expensive. I thought his thing was like his pet peeve was racism. Oh, that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's Omar. And then Which Jonathan. Decry racism. Yeah, of course. I say it again. It elevates beyond a pet peeve. Yeah. Um, Jonathan is the world record holder in like pull-ups or whatever. So they are very different bros. And yet something has brought them together to be a power duo in this. It's I think Jonathan says like together we make the perfect human. (laughs) Yeah. It's like I'm really good at physical stuff and he's just really, really smart and we can combine my the thing this boiled down to for me was Omar's like, hey, everybody, so you know, I'm Muslim. I, I pray five times a day. I'm not like looking for idols. If you want to watch me or whatever, this is what I'm doing. And if you want to ask me any questions about Islam, please do. And Jonathan, not knowing what else to say, but still being compelled as a white man to say something. He says, and if you have any questions about Christianity, let me know. (laughs) Um, I am not black. I'm not brown. But I think I do speak on behalf of black and brown people when I say I think they've heard enough about Christianity. Yeah, we're all good. They're all good with white people explaining Christianity. I'm good. I'm going to speak for the rest of white people as a white person. (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) No, thank you. Uh, Yeah, just. When you feel compelled to say that, to proselytize, just don't. Just don't. We're all good. We are all good. Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know who really flew under the radar this episode? Our girl Tori. All you got to do is survive like one week after you. (laughs) I mean, Kyle, (laughs) Kyle, like Kyle, public enemy number one. But by the end of this week, he's not going to go up and everyone's going to be like, you know who I haven't spoken to in a little bit? Kyle. <laughs> yeah. Why? Well, I, I don't know. Whatever. You just have to lay real low. Um, yeah, I just was like, I, I noticed like 
45 minutes into the episode, I was like, oh, I forgot about Tori. And whereas last week, she was such a big, big part of the episode. Yeah, I mean, all these these phases where only one third of the cast gets to go to tribal council. Right. She could she could like feasibly go like nine days without even being in danger of going home. So, yeah, she could. Um, um, well, and then there's what I did love from that, though. There's a and I think that's the blue team or whatever. There's a little girls alliance, Drea, Swati and Tori. Right. And they're like, should we start a little girls alliance? You know? Yeah. Maybe we'll get at Roxmore or something like that. And Drea is like, oh, that's a great idea. We should do X, Y and Z. And I was, as I was watching, I'm like, no, don't do it. Don't pretend to know anything. Don't uh-uh. try to organize anything because yeah. the moment you do and the moment she did and the moment Drea got up, walked away, Tori and Swati were like, man, Drea's smart. She She's tried gotta go. doing, she tried <laughs> yeah. doing something. Yeah. How dare her target <laughs> painting on the back. A hundred percent. She's got to go. Yeah. It's. It's so sad, and yet it's so predictable. <laughs> Always happens. Um, what do you think about the challenge? That's a good challenge. It is a good the, challenge. Well, yeah, the the blindfold ones are always, they're always good. They're always good. It makes you realize how bad you are at speaking, giving directions, and how words like there, here. Mm-hmm don't mean anything to a blind person. A hundred percent. Let me ask you something, Brett, something personal. I'm an open book. How are you <laughs> at playing charades or as I call another version, the movie game? Pictionary, taboo. Yeah. I'm amazing yeah. at all of them. Are you? Because yeah. I'm celebrity. Yeah. Do you ever play celebrity? I don't know. I don't know. Heads up. Um, it's the same thing. It's like you pick a name of a celebrity out of a hat and you have to get people to say the name without. I, you know. <laughs> I am an expert. You might not know it from this podcast, but I'm an expert communicator. I also am very, very good at those. I games. know because that's why we're friends. Mm-hmm. You and I have similar minds. I mean, that's yeah. why we're doing this about pop culture and stuff. You, we understand what's iconic. Yes. What even someone who doesn't watch movies or television understands intrinsically about Harrison Ford. Yes. You know, <laughs> get off my plane. Get off my plane. Get off my plane because I crashed into your house. I'm Harrison Ford. Call nine one one. He has crashed. He has been in so many plane crashes. Danielle, stop letting that man. Danielle, I live like three miles from the Santa Monica airport, which is where all these psycho celebrities fly their like World War II planes. (laughs) Suspend that license. How many crashes does it take? I am. You know, sometimes I sit on my balcony and you just hear like this really low, pla- <laughs> you hear like a low plane and yeah. it's like, and it's, it's not a jet. It sounds it's like something, you know, something that was made in like 1950. I'm like, fuck Harrison Ford's about to <laughs> kill me right now. <laughs> yeah. But so this is all to say, I think I'd be very good at this challenge. It's not often I say that about a survivor challenge. Because you, all you have to say is left, right. Towards my voice, away from my voice. Yeah. Twelve o'clock, six o'clock, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. You, but you, what you can't do is be Jonathan, who's like, put it there. 
there. No, put it there. Are you even listening to me? You put it there. Not there. Here. What yeah. does here mean? Yeah. You have to like to not be able to put yourself in the position of not being able to see is a big detriment to being the narrator of the game. And I love Jeff. Jeff's such a troll. He's like, they're screaming. I'm screaming. <laughs> Everyone's yelling. It's pure chaos out here. Can they Jeff hear each incredible. other over my narration? Probably not. Like, it was very funny. Jeff is incredible. I, I, especially in the last couple of years as I've readopted Survivor back into my life, there's been a lot of uh, kerfuffle. There's been a lot of movement in the ranks of professional NFL commentators. Mm-hmm. Folks left Fox to go to ESPN. Wow. I need to hear Jeff calling an NFL game. I think he'd be good at it. He'd, he'd be funny. He'd be dry. He'd be like, oh, my God, this person just scored a touchdown. He'd be great. Yeah. Are you allowed to be fun when you do that, John? Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's fun. Well, then I should be I should be doing that job. Well, the guy who just left Fox <laughs> to go to ESPN, Joe Buck, he's oh, I think yes. he has a similar he has a similar probes vibe in that he's kind of a little bit dry and he's a bit dry and sarcastic, <laughs> right? In the tone, and he's a bit self self uh, self aware, and so I think he'd be good. No, there's I, there's tons of good fun people doing it. I actually know who Joe Buck is. Wow. I know. Huge baseball fan, Danielle G. <laughs> Danny, Danny G, Blue Jays fan, logged on. Um, we have another. Okay, so we already talked about Marianne, but we did get another question from the saboteur. I think we can. I think we can keep talking about Marianne if that's well, what the listeners want. The saboteur. Yeah, I know. Besties, be honest. How worried were you for our girl Marianne? Once I saw her getting so much screen time in the beginning, I knew trouble was brewing. Okay, again, I. She, Marianne, is the Survivor producer's prized pig this season. She is their gold-ribbon swan. They are not going to let her go before the merge. That's my, that's my predicament. Prediction, sorry. Not predicament. Yeah, Um, I mean, yeah, Saboteur, I fell for exactly what you fell for. I was like, they're showing so much of her. They're making it seem like she's getting voted out. And I I bought into it. You know, I, I don't know. You're right, but they're not. This show is so much better than letting they won't. letting the best characters get voted out early. They're in the business of making good TV as opposed to Big Brother <laughs> USA. Um, but so she's safe. Yeah, sorry to Mariah. Sorry to this man. Um, but you know, good job. <laughs> um, we have a very dramatic looking episode coming up, and. I guess I mean that's sort of all I have about Survivor. Yeah, I think I think so for me too. But next week again, reminder: Deep Water, Affleck. Deep, not Deep Armas. Water Horizon. No, don't watch the Mark Wahlberg movie. <laughs> no, watch please the don't. Ben Affleck movie. <laughs> yeah, Adrian Lyne directed it. It's gonna be horny AF. Just in time for spring break. Oh my gosh! So everyone. Yeah, you got to watch the smut before spring break. Mm-hmm. So everyone get excited. And then, of course, we'll have another episode of Survivor to discuss and much more Big Brother Canada. Hopefully, Brett finds a way to watch the episodes because it's a lot of pressure for me to cram all of my uh, memory of the episodes <laughs> into one <laughs> into one I'm cohesive so sorry. No, narrative. I'm sorry, Danielle. No, I, I, you did a great job. This Thank week. you. I... 
you know what? The nice thing is I don't think anyone will hold me accountable if I mess up. I think our listeners are very understanding. I think, you know, I would even imagine more people are probably watching Survivor than Big Brother Canada. Yeah, I think that's fair. But again, you know, it's it's hard to watch Big Brother Canada, even if you have a fucking VPN, as outlined by me. And by I live in Canada and it's hard to watch. So <laughs> there you go. We have I'm looking right now. Nine percent of our listeners come from Canada. So I would imagine, you know, it's, it's do we have any random like what? from random countries like are, is our Ger- Germany are German people listening to us? Germany is fourth on the list. What? Every other country is less than one percent, but I, but it's uh, it's fourth on the list. Wow. Top five. Hit me. USA. Yeah, number one. <laughs> Canada. You got it. Philippines. No. Hmm. UK. That's third place. Australia. That's like seventh or eighth place. Hmm. So we got Germany, which is fourth place. Okay, so I got the top four. So what's fifth? Israel. Huh. Shout out to the Israeli homies. Yeah, shout out. <laughs> Gal Gadot. <laughs> um, shout out Gal Gadot. Um, well, thank you all to all of our listeners from any place you reside. We appreciate it. And you can always tweet at us at HeyJulieBB on Twitter or email us HeyJulieBigBrother at gmail.com. Less than 1% of people <laughs> come from the Ukraine to listen to us, but we're we're rooting for you, Ukrainian listener. Yeah. All 100%. One thank yeah. you. Yeah, thank you. We hope all is well. Uh, <laughs> hey, 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 what a fucking bummer. I'm <laughs> <laughs> trying to have a message of hope. Yes, I, justice for Ukraine, like, I don't know what to say. Um, thank you all so much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, Julie. Bye, Jeff. <laughs> Bye.